Pubcast. When we write by hand, we touch into a place in ourselves where <clears throat> there's no option but to be honest and um, and to be true to ourselves. And I think that's the biggest opportunity of this kind of um, personal, expressive, self-reflective writing is um, we write ourselves back into alignment with what's true for us. Welcome to the Liberated Healer Podcast, where we touch on a variety of topics in the world of spirituality, energetic healing, and everything in between and beyond. Take an adventure on a shooting star with your host, Gina, and offering their wisdom, guidance, and everlasting love and support. Hello, my lovely friends and family. My name is Gina Cavalier. I'm the host of the Liberated Healer Podcast. And today we have Meredith Heller on, and she has a book, a book coming out called Writing by Heart, A Poetry Path to Healing and Self-Discovery. Welcome, Meredith. So nice to have you on the show. Thank you. So happy to be here with you. Um, I've been looking forward to, we we scheduled this a while ago. This book is coming out very soon uh, on the 27th, correct, of February? Yes, it is. I do have a, a unfinished copy, but, um, you know, I just, I'm going to let you get into a little bit of your story, but I think that your, when I'm, because I just finished a book about healing suicidal ideation and we wrote, um, I wrote it with a trauma therapist and we did a lot of meditations. We did a lot of writing things and it was weird when I got your book, I was like, wow, I really, I felt like this was a lost art in healing, you know, it, poetry portion of it really understand why uh new world library picked it up and also um the forward written by john fox and um and then i watched some videos of you performing a couple of your pieces and i under i really started to see that especially with trauma you know writing it out singing it doing it getting it out however you want You, you can be yourself. So let's just talk, learn a little bit more about you, how you got here and about this book. Oh, thank you so much. What a beautiful invitation of entry. Thank you. Um, You know, I love what you said about how writing and poetic writing is a lost art. And I really do feel that way. And I think it is such a trusted and true path home to self and to self-love and to a feeling of belonging to myself, to this world, to life itself. Um, There's things that happen when we write. And I always encourage people to write with paper and pen rather than typing. I think there's something organic that happens with body and hands and heart and nervous system When we write by hand, we touch into a place in ourselves where there's no option but to be honest and, um, and to be true to ourselves. And I think that's the biggest opportunity of this kind of um, personal, expressive, self-reflective writing is, um, 
we write ourselves back into alignment with what's true for us. So that's what happened for me with writing. I mean, my, I, my first book, Write a Poem, Save Your Life, I saved my life as a young teenager who had left home at 12, 13 years old and raised myself. And, um, and writing was how I made sense of the world and, um, and made peace with um, chaos and pain. Yeah. Yeah. And um, especially, I don't know why I was getting, um, <laughs> I used to listen to Eminem a lot when I was going through some stuff and, and some of his stuff was really hardcore. And then I heard some interviews of him and he said, wouldn't you rather I just write it out? I'm not doing anything. I'm raising a kid. I'm a good guy. I had stuff happen to me. And I don't know why I'm getting that right now, but I've really like loved that about that process said, yeah, get it out. You know, just, you're not hurting anybody and it is authentic. And it's like writing a song or writing a poem. Um, because when you tell somebody, you know, when we do therapeutic stuff, we're always like, yes, go write. And we tell them that all the time. I feel like I was telling people that all the time, but you know, I don't know. It's almost like self judgment could get self judgy or whatever. You know, what you're expressing is go into the light or the dark or whatever you want. Correct? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Go into really, I would say, start with what the two main things what hurts the most and what you love the most. And those two things, if you follow and track those, they will bring you home. And, and probably they will meet in the middle. Um, and, and the great thing, sometimes people uh, are intimidated by the word poetry or what they think poetry is supposed to be. Um, I am using it as an umbrella term to um, invite people into a space to do express, expressive self-reflective, what's happening right here, right now? What's bubbling up in me? What's going on in my belly? What, what am I going through in my life? What's right here that I can give my attention to, no matter how raw, how wounded, how um, misshapen? And how do I write myself back into caring for myself and valuing myself truly back into friendship with myself and um and from from the friendship with ourselves befriending ourselves anything is possible but yeah so people come to workshop they write um in story form prose mind spill what i call heart spill um, song lyrics. It doesn't just have to be poetry. It's poetic. I think that sets it apart from like, you know, uh, writing a paper or needing it to be logical or even linear in any way. We're contacting deep psyche. You know, what's deep in there? What are the metaphors that come from deep psyche and even you know, the soul of the earth. How and do I we think get it's, um, 
I think the practice really helps you reconnect, especially if you've uh, disconnected slightly to yourself or your higher self. I think that process realigns that. So you, you, and when you get that energy flowing again, it, it starts to, you know, open up and fill your space. I mean, you're a shaman as well, correct? Yes. Which not a lot of people, you know, when I was, I, that was something that I didn't learn until a little bit farther in the book. So I was like, well, of course she's a shaman. You know, this is like, you know, shamans are just, you know, the earth people that are here to show us that every little thing, a piece of dirt can be turned into a, an energy source. That's so great. I love that you said that because if you look at it on a personal level, every little piece of dirt, right, can be looked at and held and seen and understood for the way it feeds us, what we learn from it, um, how, like you were saying, how distanced we get from ourselves, especially from trauma. And then the, the, the return journey, the journey home that builds resilience, that gives us the map that we can offer that map to other people and that we learn those skills because we tend to lose ourselves a few times in this life. So each time we do, oh, that's happened before, and I've come home. How do I do this? What does home feel like? Do I have an anchor? Do I have a template of what this feels like in my heart, in my body, in the reflection of my writing? Yes, I, I'm, I'm, I'm an illustrator artist, but obviously I didn't admit that for a really long time. I just thought I was a doodler and people were like, well, that's art. And now I've got 30 images in this book coming out. Right. So it's the first time I'll be published in my art, but I remember, <laughs> thank you. But I remember, and I feel I'm linking it with this where I would go get art paper and I was scared to ruin the paper. You know what I mean? So that writer's block is, you know, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to, this is a beautiful piece of paper. I'm gonna, I'm going to ruin it. I honestly mm. look back at that and I still do that almost every time I start a piece of paper, I go, and then I breathe into it and I go, let myself go. But, mm. you know, do you have any advice or how, when people are like looking at something and don't know where to start and they have that writer's block or that drawing block, like uh, all that built up resentment and stuff that's coming up. What do you, what do we do? <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> it's the most awful feeling ever. And we judge ourselves horribly. Like, because I can't write or because you don't, I, don't, I love you didn't want to dirty the paper. Oh, um, <laughs> you know, and it's like, and then, and then that becomes our barometer of our own worth. And then we beat ourselves up worse. It is, it's so annihilating. So um, I always suggest a few things that work for me. One is to change my environment. So if I'm in a city, go into nature. If I'm in nature, go somewhere um, where there's more stimulation. So do the opposite of what's your normal orbit. Um, for me, uh, I have to move my body to, to move the energy 
and to get out of my own way. So when I'm moving, even just going for a walk around the block, I feel the life force moving through me. And then whatever my creative expression is, your drawing, my writing, my music, it comes from that movement of the life force, not from like who I think I am or some like what I'm supposed to do. The life force wants to express beauty, heartache, longing, loss, eros, desire, longing, um, misery, you know? Life force wants to express these. That's clean. It's when we hold them inside that, you know, we take on shapes that are too small for us and too painful for us. Mm. So, um, and then, and then about what you were saying about you didn't want to dirty the paper or mess up the paper. I think, um, creating a relationship with the power of making mistakes, giving ourselves the freedom. You know what? I might write something and it might be terrible today. Oh, well, you know, that was, that was that moment. It's a practice. I say, this is not a poetry. Perfect. It's a poetry practice. Yeah. We're practicing. And every time we show up, just like every time we come back in, it strengthens our capacity to be able to do this. Yeah, I think, like you said, a practice, especially if you know you're going through a traumatic event, whatever it is, you lost someone, um, you know, somebody's ill or you're ill or anything, um, maybe finding one thing to write about. Like I, I watched a video that you did and you, you wrote a whole poem about a banana you know, and you were like, how, how many times do we really look at this beautiful thing in that? And I loved, I loved it. I mean, I love your, it's, your writing is so beautiful. Obviously you have a whole book about it, but it is inspirational, which is why I, um, and people that are stuck, they need that. They need to see kind of how it flows and how you tapped into things and, yeah, absolutely. That's so great. So I taught, I was a poet in the schools and taught kids for 30 years. And so it's so funny when you mentioned the banana uh, one, that was, uh, I think I did that for the Kennedy Center of the Arts. And that went out to kids when COVID first started, they mm-hmm. created these educational programs that kids can do, you know, outside of what they were doing in school to feed the arts. So that was just incredible. Yeah. And then the beautiful thing that happens, like you were saying, when there's something painful and for a lot of people, it's hard to start there, mm-hmm. but hard. you could take anything else. You could take the banana, you could take, a a leaf you could take a yellow raincoat Mm. and you could start there and I promise you that you will get to the point if you track it through your writing and stay with what you're feeling it will reflect back to you exactly your own imprint of what's happening right now there's no way it can't because we are coming through the lens of us and like you said, start with something you love, like like your pet or so. I think your pet would like if you're if you feel nothing inside, especially when you're going through really hard stuff and your your worthiness is being challenged, 
you know, but you say you love animals or love a child or something, just start with that. Like you said, right. The love. And, and if you were to really look at that one thing you love, I mean, how many things could you write about that one thing? Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Like I, I, I'm coming to this. I always say to my dogs, I, I love you. There's a million reasons why I love you. And I just start saying it to my dogs all the time, but I verbalize it. But if I was stuck, I think that would be a good exercise to be like, your eyes and your nose is so cute or whatever. Right. Absolutely. I love that. We should put that one in the book. That's so great. Right. So you start with something you love and you just start pulling up all the reasons, all the reasons. And usually when we're able to love or tap into our love for something, usually it ends up echoing back into us. Yeah. And that would be the goal is especially if you're, especially with the suicidal ideation. What I found is um, a lot of people that I've talked to and myself included just didn't have self-love. So we would give it to everyone else, just hoping that um, it would reflect, but because we, it, it actually wasn't coming back and um, you get stuck, really, you can't. And then if, I guess that would be a good goal that when you do start to be able to say, oh my gosh, I'm so cool. I'm wonderful. Yeah, I have a, a toe that goes to the right, like, or something, you know, even pick out your quirks that make you unique, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, like like we were we were talking about earlier, that befriending process, mm. you know, just to even on paper writing a conversation with the part that feels wounded. Um, mm. I like to do when I'm in that space, I like to write to myself as if I were my own daughter, mm. who I would treat so much with so much more kindness and respect than I do myself when I'm in a bad place. Yeah. So if I could write to her and say, oh, my sweet child, mm. um, tell me what is wrong today. How can I be here to support you? And then she answers, mm. feeling really crappy. This is exactly what happened. I don't love myself. I don't want to be here. And then mother or older sister self comes in. And says, um, I would really like to make you some soup and, and go outside, even if it's raining, and look at the light on the leaves and find reasons and things to love first that are outside me. And then let them touch me. Let them bring me back. Yeah. I just want to... Just- um, there's, I, I interviewed, um, a woman named Susan Anderson, who's written a bunch of books on grief and, uh, she's a therapist, really amazing therapist, but, uh, in, and she did audiobook when I was going through something last year, I would listen to it. And this is exactly the therapy that the doctors recommend though. Honestly, it's, mm-hmm. it's part of that too, where it's, I forget what the name is, but it's the stepping back and, and see, sometimes you do the other self, but if you, if you can't do your other self, do someone that you, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, it's, it's aligned therapeutically is what I'm saying, what, right. what actual physicians and people in medicine say to do. Yeah, it's so powerful. It's so potent. It really works. And then we begin building 
this relationship that is so much more kind to ourselves. You know, we've, we've learned to not include ourselves. That's what happens with trauma. Like yeah. you said so, so perfectly before how we distance. And I think that so much of healing is coming back into um, loving, loving kindness. Um, this deep friendship that says, I care about me. I care about my safety. I care about how people treat me. I care about how I treat myself. Mm. And I think the other beautiful thing that happens when we, you know, dedicate a journal, a journal to our writing and like I doodle in mine and like, you know, this becomes an extension of my heart. Yeah, I get so excited when I get a new journal. It's like oh, me too. the very first page writing my name. I get like, oh, my God, a brand new clean journal. Oh, <laughs> I know. It's a ritual. And the, and the, how about the last page? When you get to that last page, oh, my God, I'm like writing on the back of the book, filling at like every, every which way because I don't want to give up this collection of my growing. Yeah. You know? So <laughs> so, and then this is a feedback loop too, you know, especially when we're down, like, wow, I filled all these pages expressing myself, talking to myself about what's going on. There's actually a couple poems I might even share with people. Wow, look at me. Like I'm I matter. Yeah. You know, there's this piece. I matter to me. And from here, I share myself. And I think that for people that are kind of stuck right now, and they're like, I don't know, I can't see that work helping me or working for me right now. Because when you're in a hard place, um, it, it might take a little, couple times, but um, just really notice, right? That um, all of a sudden, like, there'll be a click, right? You just kind of start to, it almost is like, a, I, I call it a click because, the different stages of changes I've had, it was all of a sudden like, whoops, oh, I don't do that anymore. Huh. You know, yeah, I don't know how long it took me, but right. I don't talk to myself like that all of a sudden, or I don't accept that way when someone talks to me like that. Or so it's not, it's not overnight and you might not even notice the changes, right? And it's just all of a sudden, but it is, you have to the practice. So it's even no matter where you're at is it. You know, am I saying this sort of right? No matter where you're at, sort of, you you can get to where you need to go or want to go. Is I love what you're, I love what you're saying. Yeah, um, it's it's more than no matter where you're at. It's exactly where you are. Exactly where you are is the only place you can be, yeah. and exactly what needs tending. It needs your attention. And when we're really here, like even when it sucks, when we really stay with it, that's how, like you said, the click, it, that, that energy begins to shift and move. And, and we're, not, we're not ever taught this when we're growing up. We're taught to move away from what hurts. 
and what's painful and to close off to it. That's what I grew up learning how to do until it's like so big. It like, you know, knocks you over like a tsunami and it's like time to wake up, babe. And then you wake up and it's like, oh, okay. Wow. I'm wet. I'm covered in mud and seaweed and, you know, there's fish, you know, whatever from the tsunami. Um, how do I find my capacity to swim to shore? Mm. What is shore? What does that look like? What does that mean like? Uh, mean, um, what does it feel like when I'm swimming? Um, how do I acknowledge the pain that I'm in and really give it space to be? Mm-hmm. And when I really, yeah. No, I was thinking when we're so trained also like go to a doctor when we're sick, not saying that you shouldn't go if you're really sick, but this is actually a form of medicine, correct? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So John Fox, who's a dear friend of mine, um, and he is the founder of the Institute for Poetic Medicine, Poetic Medicine. And he wrote the foreword for, for writing by heart, Poetic Medicine. Yeah, I, I've never heard that term until I got your book. Ugh. I don't know why. You know, and I do this all the time. And I'm like, anytime I get something really different, I'm like, that seems like the first thing we should have talked about. And it's, you know, yes, poetic medicine. Absolutely. There is soul food in um, really being true to what's here with ourselves, no matter how raw, how miserable, yeah. how... how um, disconnected. I I really believe, and from my own experience, when I'm totally true with what's here and I give it breathing space and and time to take up space, it wants our attention. It wants our attention. That's the only way it can shift. If we keep running, running from it, it just keeps not being here. We really give our attention to what hurts. Then it starts to move because we've listened. Our listening in to ourselves, to each other, this is a huge force of healing. And, um, you know, I was working with the therapist on our book. I kept telling her, why does trauma play over and over again so much in the head? You know what I mean? So, yes, it wants our attention, right? Um, And you're saying... And, but you think you're listening, but you're not really listening. It's just playing like a loop, right? Like a record you put on that old record and you just listen to it sort of passively, you know, going into that thing that is playing over passively and listen, like you said, listening. Cause when you were saying that, I was like thinking to myself, I thought I was listening. Cause I thought I was thinking that's all I was doing was listening to myself. And I didn't like what I was hearing, but it just kept playing anyways. Yeah, that's that's not, that's not listening you're talking about. Right. And that's a really good point. I know what you mean. Like I'll grind on thoughts, especially yeah. like angry or, or mm-hmm. depressing thoughts. I'll grind over and over and over. They call it rumination. I call it grinding. Just, you know, the gears. And, um, but I like what you're saying and the differentiation that you're making. And so that in this kind of deep, um, compassionate listening. I think there's a part of that listening Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. that um, that reminds that that brings the attention of that um, part of our brain and mind that's grinding. It brings the attention to um, I'm bigger than this. Um, my the the true life force that is me um, is bigger than this grind, mm-hmm. and um, and and even the grind ends up feeling toxic in my body, and that's when I catch it. I'm like, whoa, do I want to feel this much anger? Um, do I have a choice? about going into a depression abyss? Do I have a choice here? And the moment I ask, the moment I'm, I can be aware that I have a choice, boom. I mean, that's, that's the, the growth point. Yeah. And then you just want to do, take everything and start doing it all yourself. And it's, it's, that's why I'm saying there's these ebb and flows that I've had too, where it was stuck, 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 try, 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 flow. Yes. Stuck, stuck, stuck. It's almost, my analogy for me was like a mountain because I would feel like I was pushing up this rock, right? My back was breaking. I'm sweating. Everybody's down there looking at me and going, hi, nobody's helping. (laughs) And you just feel like you're doing it all yourself. And you're just like, and then once you start to find medicine, that is working for you, somehow that boulder gets a little bit lighter or somehow, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you just get to the top and you're like, oh, I can run all the way down. <laughs> right. I think that's really important what you're saying about the ebb and flow. I think that's so true. I think there's a buildup and a gathering and it takes a while to to until what we're gathering actually lands in us and becomes accessible. Mm-hmm. And then, like, we learn the new neural pathway. Yeah. And then yeah. it's almost like you get a groove, and that groove in that mountain, is it, the path is created. Almost like we follow trails when we go hiking. Somebody has already mapped it for us. So exactly. it becomes a little smoother. Exactly. Wow. I feel like I'm just <laughs> channeling this stuff with you. Um, I know. It's really amazing. And the reason why I want to highlight this is because I know – you know, I work in a lot of suicidal groups and when they're stuck, I like to always remind them that, you know, it is, you're going to have, it's going to come and go. It's going to come and there's a, like, you know what I mean? So there's no magic pill. There's no, but, but like you said, start now on something. And because I think people get scared or frustrated and they need something now to feel better. You know what I mean? So it's a, it's a, it is a journey. So don't be frustrated if you don't feel great after the first one. <laughs> right, exactly. And the other piece that we talked about is that, and, and I have to remind myself of this a lot, is that every time <clears throat> I come away from feeling really grounded or centered or present in myself or come out, a, you know, go into a depression or go into a, a grind, every time I bring myself back, I'm strengthening my capacity to do that. And every time I get in touch with what does it feel like to be true to myself? Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be happy all the time. That's not real. Not for me anyway. But to be true to what I'm feeling. That's the whole point. That's the whole point of the whole book. To be true to what you're feeling. 
and to start from there. And then you have like this template. What does it feel like in my body? What do, what are my thoughts when I'm here, present, befriending myself? Mm -hmm. And then when you have that template, then you strengthen your capacity to come back and you know what you're coming back to. You know what you're looking for. You know what you're homing in on. And that's powerful. And that's why you wrote the book. I mean, you. this is a great, if someone's interested in it, um, this is a great companion to get you going. And, you know, your words and energy is infused in this book. So, um, it, I, you know, reading it is really like, it was a breath of fresh air. It's very light, it's, you know, and sometimes when I, I feel things uh, are so physical and heavy, right? And But then you get something that's just so kind and, and supportive for some reason there's a lightness that comes over it I don't know so I really felt that way with um, your collection and can you know would love to see you know I'm a part of some of these groups on Facebook that are like two million people on suicide awareness oh so, wow let's get them these books and they're stuck and yeah. um, I'm literally uh, at at the end of every day, I go through and I, I send nice messages as much as I can for at least an hour, just positive thoughts. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of people. So this, these are all another tool. And if it resonates with you, especially, you know, if you want, if words work, you know, work for you, like this is such a great companion when you're going through something. Yeah, absolutely. And, and my first book, Write a Poem, Save Your Life. Yeah. This is the story of how writing poetry and music when I had left home at 12 years old, um, how it saved my life, which is what led me into working with teens and especially teen girls. And, um, and I truly believe that building this reflective relationship with ourselves through writing, you, you're not trying to write something for anybody out there. You're yeah. not trying to write something that people think is good or funny or great. We're writing to befriend ourselves, mm -hmm. to learn something from ourselves that we didn't know we knew, but we do. And that trust of ourself that this relationship with writing builds is... Um, one of the most amazing things I've ever met in my life so far. Yeah. yeah. Save your life. Do yeah. some poems. I, was, I love it so much. Would you find one that you want to share with us today? Absolutely. Um, and I, I watched another one that you did um, and your memory of it was so it, 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 impeccable and beautiful in your storytelling. So, you definitely have that, um, you know, I was the shamanic energy through the word. Um, and I felt that, you know, as I was listening and watching you, I was kind of getting a healing, you know, coming through the screen. So um, I'm excited to do that here and now. Oh, thank you so much. Um, I'm going to read Tell It to the River. Okay. Tell It to the River. Tell it to the river. I spend my summers camping and writing by a river in Northern California. And oh. so I was sitting about um, four feet from the river when I wrote this piece, Tell It to the River. 
Okay. The barn on Travilla Road along the Potomac River in Maryland, where I made a home at 13, slept on the floor with an old sleeping bag from Salvation Army, hung a torn lace curtain in the window where the glass had long been broken. I ate stale rye bread from the trash, spent my quarters on a tin of Medaglia Doro coffee, dark and sweet, like the beekeeper boy I kissed behind the hive for a jar of local honey, my skin buzzing, tell it to the river. I was 15, living in a log cabin in the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains, Virginia, no electricity, no running water, with Willie, 28, who kicked around in a pair of red Converse high tops, pinned me to the hood of his station wagon and held his hand over my mouth so no one would hear me scream, tell it to the river. I made bracelets from copperhead snakes I found dead on the road, taught myself to tan their skins by slicing them open, scooping out their guts. Once I found a baby bird inside, once a handful of fleshy eggs, I'd nail the skins to a wooden board, salt them and leave them to dry in the sun, cut the skin into strips, sew them around a piece of rope attached to a tube of beads I made in a pattern called peyote stitch. I learned from the women on the Navajo reservation. I'd sell them in town for 20 bucks, which was a lot of food money back then. Tell it to the river. The boy I met one summer, whose skin was made of cinnamon sticks, who sat all day at the water's edge, singing in a language no one knew but me. We watched the water braid the light in helixes. We made love in a circle of pines under a full moon, and three days later, we found his body suicide. I crawled inside myself and didn't speak for many months when I was a teen on my own, trading my sex for survival, my love for belonging. Tell it to the river. My friend Annalise, 88-year-old Swiss artist who simply is not old. She is tiny and strong and determined as a beetle, hands constantly making things come to life, paper and glass, paint and clay. She keeps bees, feeds the raccoons, cheats at cards, cusses worse than I do when she loses, yodels expertly and rides downhill every morning on her kick scooter to swim in the pool. She was my first true friend. She found me when I was a lone wolf, my skin chewed raw, my fur full of sparks. Slowly, she shaped me like one of her clay pots into a human being with space inside for homemade soup. Tell it to the river, to all the bards along my path, who wonder where I go, when I go, who know me as the wolf-hearted woman with one eye dark and one eye bright, one eye that looks inward, one that looks out, one that draws you closer 
while the other one pushes you away. Tell it to the river, the way the water loosens my hinges, turns my blood to opals, throws herself against me, purring like some wild beast. I rest my head against her chest, listen to her heartbeat. Yes, now. Yes, now. The sun climbs the ridge in the morning and we howl together because it's good to be alive and say so. Tell it to the river. Uh, need a pause, need a moment. That was so beautiful. Thank you. It feels good to share it. Thank you. So beautiful. I mean, the, oh, I just loved it so much. And I, oh, I think it's just want to send that out to anybody who needs a little Wow, it's so it, I, I love how it, visual it is, and it's like a little mini movie that plays in your head, you know. And, it, for, <laughs> me, and for me, it just reminds me that um, all these little details that we get, to, like we were talking about a little earlier, you know, that they wash over us that we forget how, like, even the one that you're talking about, like a different color eye, like I was imagining, like, how that was. I don't know, like a deserved like life path, like 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 you've come to this great place that we have all been, you know, picked apart, thorned, scoured, and um, yes. there's not there's not a single person that hasn't. And I think that's the one re- issue about with like um, influencers and celebrity in, uh, egoic um, kind of energy. Um, they're all just humans too, but, um, you, you start to put that on a pedestal and, uh, and try to mimic that. And then, um, like it doesn't get you anywhere. So I think, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I, I very much hear what you're saying. You're saying that we've all been wounded and that those wounds have shaped us. And yet in that shaping is beauty and strength and resilience and something that is authentic and real. That is what you're saying. And I get it so much. I got chills. Well, I'm grateful that I couldn't get it out. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Meredith. Oh my gosh. I felt like I met a friend, a soul sister. Thank you. Thank you. I hope everybody, I got chills all over my body. Me too. That that has moved me. And every single poem I've read, seen you do so far, I just get like, so I really recommend if Get this book for someone who might be, you know, for a lot, you know, any reason. But if someone's really suffering, I'm going to get a few books for some of my friends. that I know they're needing it right now. Thank you. And we're going to link everything in the below where you can find the book and Meredith. And we thank you for all your support, like, shares, and subscribes. And we're just trying to build a tribe of um, anybody who needs it, community that's safe and kind and um, accepting and loving and funny you have to bring funny in like that's why it's like let's keep it light let's keep it light <laughs> you gotta be silly silly is <laughs> one of my superpowers oh i love the silly superpower <laughs> silly superpower <laughs> so 
Thank you again. And the book comes out on the 27th. I have the date. Yep, it'll come out on the 27th. Here's my advanced copy. It's so exciting. Also have a, a new workshop, will be, which will be starting um, on February 27th. It's called Spark the Muse. And there are spots open if you okay. want to join us and be in this community of warm, wild, inspirited, supportive women writers. New and seasoned writers, welcome. And again, it's about a writing practice, not a writing perfect it's a yeah, writing. that sounds great. And is that an online event? Uh, it's it's a five week Zoom workshop, and you okay. can register through my website. Okay, so Spark yeah. the Muse, um, Meredith Helms. Yep, Spark the Muse. Uh, um, be there. If you enjoyed this episode, you can find us online at theliberatedhealer.com, on Instagram at Liberated Healer Podcast, or on Facebook at The Liberated Healer. Give us a follow, subscribe, send us a message if you so feel, and thank you for your support. Gina, I have loved our time together. Me too. Thank you so, so much, sister. And thank you to New World Library. Thank you, New World Library. I love you. Yeah, they're the best. They're amazing. Bye. Podcast.